I stand before you today humbled the, the opportunity to be able to preach, opportunity to be able to fill the, the pulpit of my pastor. I can never do it. Amen. The Lord has blessed us with such a great pastor, and I, I appreciate the opportunity just to be able to stand behind the pulpit here. And When he asked me, he says, Brother Brandon, he goes, you know we're going to, you know, we're going to California, right? I was like, uh-huh. Step two, usually I know what's coming. <laughs> he says, when do you want to preach? He said, do you want to preach? I said, yes, sir, absolutely. Anytime I get the opportunity to preach his word, I'm not ashamed of it. We're going to go on and preach it, teach it. And today's no difference. And, and I've had, and some of our rest home folk have, have known this now for three weeks, or for three times, I got, the three times I got to preach up there, we've been talking about storms, talking about life, and going through the sea of life, and and no doubt each one of us in here today are going through some type of storm, and we're going to deal with those here in just a few moments. But I can't get out of these verses of Scripture from, as you can see on the screen there, Mark chapter number 4 and verses 35 through 41. I just cannot get away. There's so much that can be said, so much that God can reveal unto each one of us that can help us, that can encourage us. And not only that, I will show you a, a picture of salvation along with that today and and I just can't get away from it. And I tried and tried and tried. I went another direction this week, and that was a dead-end road. I got some good notes for maybe the next time pastor's away. Uh, uh, but I tried to get away from it. Even at the rest home, I said, I got to preach there this morning. I said, Lord, I said, what do you want me to preach on? Well, we went, we went to another storm in, in Matthew where Jesus walks on the water to him. And uh, we had a great time there this morning. But I want to bring attention to you a very familiar story that no doubt we've heard and, and, and seen pictures of as a child, and, and our parents may have read us this story, and we've heard it over and over again, but I want to maybe just give you a little bit extra encouragement this morning. You know, sometimes it's good just to get a little pat on the back and, and just say, God's with you, hang in there, stay tough, and sometimes we all need that, amen. If we're honest with ourselves, we'll all raise our hands and say, we need that every now and then. And through the scripture this morning, that's what I want to help you out with. If you all stand in reverence to reading of God's word, if you can stand, that is. We're going to read just a handful of scripture, six verses, if you will. And, and you see the title on the screen there, Lord, Don't You Care? And we'll get to that here in just a moment. But Mark chapter number four, starting out in verse number 35, we'll read all the way down through 41 as we read through here, starting out in verse number 35. And the same day... When the eve was come, he saith unto them, this is Jesus speaking now, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent the multitude away, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That's the verse that really stuck out to me. That's where we got the title from, Lord, Don't You Care. care Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? If you will this morning, I'll just want to just give me just a few moments and we'll be out of here. But I want to leave you with this thought, Lord, don't you care? And we're going to pull that out from right here in just a moment. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you know my heart. God, you know my burden. God, I pray, Lord, that you would fill me now with your spirit. Lord, I pray, God, that you would flow through me. Lord, have me to say only what you want said today. Lord, I pray that, that through your word we can see words of encouragement. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help give the message to the people here today as you've given it unto me multiple times throughout these past several weeks as I got to study through your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would manifest yourself among us. Lord, I pray that you would have freedom and liberty to move from heart to heart and from chair to chair today. Lord, let nothing hinder you from working in the service. Lord, I, we won't be long today, Lord, I, but I pray that you would give the people today, Lord, a hushness and a stillness about them, Lord, and attentiveness, Lord, to hear and receive your word today as it is preached. God, bless those that may be watching by way of live stream tonight or to today. Lord, I pray that you would help them and bless them. Lord, some are traveling, we know that, and some are sick and just could not make it. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that they would listen and take heed unto your word this morning. God, most importantly, I pray if there's one among us that is lost and undone, Lord, that does not know you as a personal Savior, Lord, let today be the day of salvation. Lord, let today be the day that they come to know you as a personal Savior, the greatest friend that they'll ever have. And Lord, we do love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be here. Lord, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I want to preach very quickly here on this simple thought here, Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? And we, and we see that played out within the scriptures here, and we're going to go back and just kind of hit, hit back and forth here, more of like an expository type, line by line, just going through and pulling out just a few things this morning. And I want you to grab a hold of a few of these as we say this. But I want you to go back and look at verse number 35. As we began, we see... It was the same day here, and when the eve was come, so when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Jesus saith unto the, to the disciples there, let us pass over unto the other side. So we see there, just within the context of the first verse, we see whose idea was it to go to the other side. Help me out this morning. Jesus. Amen. All right? Help me out. Whose idea was it to go to the other side? Jesus. All right. Stay with me. So we see there that it was his idea to go to the other side. Now, it was the end of a long day there. They had been ministering, and, and Jesus and his disciples had spent many, many hours tending to the needs of the people. And after giving and giving and giving of themselves and the needs of others, it was Jesus who said, let us pass over into the other side. And, and no doubt the disciples were probably glad to hear this. And they had been ministering all day right there with Jesus and going and getting and, and helping and, and just assisting in the ministry there. And, and how many of you can contest of this after a long weary day at work, after answering phone calls, after answering emails, after just giving yourself within your jobs, you can say, boy, when that time clock hits 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock or whenever you get off of work, and some of you never get off work, amen, uh, but, uh, but when that time comes to quit, you're just like, whew, thank you. You look forward to it. It's almost like you run to the door. Some of you that are in school, some of you young people, you look forward to getting out of school. That last, you're watching the clock, and that, five, that last five minutes seems like it took forever. And as you watch that clock just tick one second, 
one second, and you're like, come on, I'm ready to go. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm weak. You've been learning all day, but you've been giving yourself. And no doubt right here, we see that the disciples were like, yes, they're probably a little bit excited. I believe they were a little bit excited to say, yes, let's get on the boat. Just us and Jesus, we're going to sail to the other side. They knew the sea. They knew the journey there. They've been across that many, many times before, and they knew it was going to be a time of restfulness. Just them, Jesus, the boat, the water, oh, peace, just for a little bit. Not the, the thronging of hundreds and hundreds of people because we know and we can go back through Scripture everywhere Jesus went, what, multitudes came out after him. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people came out to seek Jesus. They came to seek, whether it be for food, whether it be for healing. Maybe they heard about his healing power. Maybe they heard about him, and they would just throng him and go after him everywhere he went. So they were looking forward to this little bit of solitude. And the disciples were probably glad here that Jesus says, let us pass over to the other side. A little bit of peace and it had been like that everywhere, crowds continually pressing upon them, so no doubt they were looking forward to this little bit of peace. And when you've given all that you have, whether it be at work, whether it be at school, whether it be in the ministry of the church, me and preacher joke about this all the time, but on Sunday nights when we're shutting everything down, we look at each other and go, whoo, because it has just been wide open, just giving and giving and giving and helping and preaching and teaching and just ministering everywhere. We're just exhausted. Physically. And when you've given all that you have, rest is what you need. Rest is what you need. And no doubt here the disciples were glad to hear this as they make their way to the other side. Several of them were fishermen, and they knew this sea very intimately. They had been out here daytime, nighttime. They had been fishing many, many times before, and they knew the journey. They could probably do the journey in their sleep, much like most of us can come to church in our sleep. Our cars just kind of know the way all the way to church, and we joke a lot uh, at times. You know, we, we drive a long distance, and people say, wow, you drive that far? I said, no, the car does all the driving, amen? <laughs> we just sit behind the wheel and hold it. <laughs> it's a long drive. Oh, it's nothing you kidding me that's nothing we just drive hey we just get in the car and go but the disciples were looking forward to a little bit of rest right here and the night skies no doubt as the evening came and Jesus makes this statement let us pass over to the other side these men being fishermen they they no doubt probably glanced over the sea and said oh yeah she's smooth for sailing we're good to go I don't see any problems in the horizon. I don't see any storms coming. I don't, there's, there's not much of a breeze, so we're good there. Coming down from the mountains, we're good. There's no storms on the horizon. They said, let's go. Amen. They all get in the boat there, and they, as they began to sail across, it started very well. As the boat left the western shore there and the lake was calm, and so Jesus decided to reside back a little bit from the disciples there as we just read. And he, being in the stern of the ship and being the hinder part of that ship there, he began to rest. Just like the disciples, no doubt, were just looking forward to that little bit of rest. So Jesus departs from them and, and goes back there. And, uh, but suddenly we see here something happen. Things changed in a moment's notice. You see, because if the disciples had noticed, if these fishermen would have looked over the sea and seen just a hint of a storm, they'd be like, Jesus, you sure you want to go across right now? You see way out there? I, I mean, I, I know you said let us go over, but, you know, we can see a little storm brewing out there, and it's probably not safe for us to sail because we're not going to make it across to the other side before the storm comes. So they no doubt looked and seen that everything was smooth sailing. There was nothing to hint that the storm was coming absolutely nothing to hint that this storm was coming. But look back at your text, if you, if you will. 
Verse 36, and when they had sent the multitude away, they took him, even as he was in the ship, Jesus, and there were also with them other little ships. So no doubt other people realized, hey, it's good for sailing. We can go across. We'll follow Jesus right here. We'll get in the boat. We'll get in our own boats. Hey, mm, we'll get to that here in just a moment. We'll, we'll get in our own boats, and we'll try to go to the other side with them. All right? Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind. You see, there's something about wind you can't see coming. You can't see wind. You see wind move things. You see the end of wind. You see the effectiveness of wind, but you can't see wind coming. And as these winds began to sweep down through the mountains here and push upon this water, and next thing you know, there was a great storm that just blew up out of nowhere. Look at it with me again, if you will. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. You see, they started off sailing, and everything was smooth. They, they, they began this journey, and it was, it was great, and it was smooth sailing. They looked across. It was smooth. We're good. Jesus himself even retires and goes to sleep on a pillow, and we see the disciples here as they thought, oh, yes, restfulness, peacefulness. We are tired. We've been laboring all day. We've been laboring in the ministry. We've been helping Jesus here. We've been doing this and doing that, and now we get a time of peace, and no sooner than the journey begins, we don't know the exact time frame of how long it was that they sailed smoothly, but we do know during this sailing across here, a storm comes. It was just not just any storm. The Bible says it was a great storm. This storm appeared quick, and it was not just a small storm. It was great in nature. As everything started off great, it turned very quickly. And as the water entered into the ship, can you imagine the disciples can you imagine them being out there on this, on this ship? And now, now also, let's, let's notice this right quick. They were on the bigger of the ships because the Bible says there were other little ships with them. Okay, so they're on a pretty decent ship compared to the other ones. They're on a bigger ship. But now this wind and waves began to roll in and began to beat into the ship almost, what the Bible say, that the ship was almost full. You think they were just sitting like this right here in this storm as the storm's going? It's all right. We're good. Do you think they were sitting there? No. They were panicking like you and I would. They were bailing that water out just as fast as it was coming in. As the waves were pushing the water in, they're bailing it out. They're throwing the water out. No doubt they're doing everything they can to make sure that that boat does not sink. They are bailing furiously with their friends. All the disciples, you, not one of them was sitting down there. Get a bucket. Get, a, get, get something. Start using your hands. Cup the water. Get it out. Could you imagine them being so fearful at this moment as they think that they are going to die? out here on this sea. Jesus was the one who said, let us go to the other side. Jesus said, boys, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. We looked, and it looked smooth sailing, but then the storm comes, and now they are fearful for their own lives. I want you to look at this, though. As the storm approached, they began to do everything they can they began to, no doubt, furiously get as much water out as they can. They didn't want the boat to go under, just like any, none of us would want a boat to go under. How many of you have ever been on a boat and has taken on water before? Anybody? That's a scary situation, isn't it? We've been there ourselves. I, gave this, I told the, the, the rest home folk this one time. We were out in Lake Murray, South Carolina. It's a big lake, huge lake. If you've ever been out there, it's Deer Island State Park, huge 
We were down there striper fishing. We had an old boat, nothing fancy. It was a little vessel, little uh, 80, I think it's an 87 tri-hole Dixie, all right? If, you, if you're familiar with those, fiberglass boat, which do great if there's no winds, no waves, no issues. But fiberglass won't hold up when waves begin to beat onto it. And I'll never forget, as a young man, as a young child, we were out there in the boat fishing miles from where we were camping at, miles. We're out there, and we notice all these boats start heading back. Where are they going? We're catching fish like crazy. We're catching striper. I mean, we're reeling them striper in. I mean, we're catching big striper. If you go down to my office, that's where that one striper was caught, on that same fishing trip, to be exact. But uh, we was out there fishing, and we had a great time. I was like, where's everybody going? Of course, they had sonars, CB radios, Hey, there's a storm coming. Hey, there's a storm coming for us. Oh, it looked clear. We were looking up this way, trolling along. And then my dad looked over his shoulder and said, oh, boy, <laughs> there was a storm, about like what you see right there in the picture. Clear up front, but there was a storm brewing in the back. And you wouldn't believe which way we had to go, back into the storm. And I'll never forget this. We were scared because them winds started blowing quick and waves started rolling quick. And it began to dump, dump so much water in that boat as we're trying to go, as we're trying to go, as we're trying to go. We got that 85 Thunderbolt Mercury wide open as fast as she'll go. But that don't matter because as you're hitting waves and you're slamming down, the water's coming back in. I can imagine, I put myself there thinking about the disciples here as the water's rushing in. And me as a young man, I am scared to death. I'm like, oh, Lord, we're going to die in South Carolina on this lake. I, you know, I'm, I'm like, my goodness, I got my whole life ahead of me, Lord. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a young man man. I got uh, so much to live for. You know, we start confessing everything. Amen. Mom, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> you know, you confess everything that you've done, everything that you broke that they still don't know about. Uh, but, uh, you, you know, it's, it's like you, you realize something right then and there that you might not make it. And when my dad threw a life jacket at me, now we, forgive us for this, but we never wear life jackets because we can swim. But dad says, put it on boy now. Oh boy. <laughs> dad knew something was in trouble. Now, we had a bilge pump on there. We flipped the switch, and it was pumping water out, but it, to no avail. I kid you not, water was coming in faster than we can get it out. We were scared. Ankle deep in water already, and we still got another mile to go through the storm. Now, our other family, they had already made it out there. They had already been sitting at the campsite waiting on us to come back in. We finally, we finally make our way back in. The boat was tattered after that trip. It was done. It was all spider webbed up. If you know anything about fiberglass? I mean, the whole bottom was just done and it was seeping water everywhere. That was the last voyage that boat ever made. But I can imagine the disciples. They didn't have the modern technology we had. They didn't have motors to get them quickly across. They didn't have bilge pumps to pump out the water, gallons per minute. No, they had buckets. And as the waves were no doubt beating into the ship, they were fearful for their lives. We can see that played out right here within the Scripture. Look at verse 37 again. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Panic sets in right there. Verse 38, and he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? 
Now, you can play it out however you want to, but I love putting myself right within the scriptures. I love putting myself in the scene, if you would. As you read the Bible, just don't read it like words, like somebody telling you a story. No, you live out the story. Get in there with it. And it becomes so much real to you. Could you imagine as they were panicking, bailing out that water, bailing out as much as they can, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, boy, the ship was now full. Then they begin to panic, and they go, Lord. Hey, master, carest thou not that we perish. Hey, Lord, I know you're still sleeping, but we got trouble up here. We need your help now. But listen, listen to this, listen to this. I love it right here. Look, verse number 38, and he was in the hinder part of sleep, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and saith unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? That was the panic moment for them. That was the point when human efforts failed them and they could not do anything else to prevail over the storm. They could not do anything else from keeping that boat from going under and they finally realized we got to call on the master right now. Hey, I cannot do it on my own. We cannot make it any farther. I see the shore, but we're not going to make it over to the other side. We need to call on him. The one who said, let us go over to the other side. But while I was reading this right here, here's where we get the title from. I believe many of us has been in that same situation. Not specifically in a boat taking on water, although some of you have. I sympathize with you for that. But we all have storms that come up in our lives. Oh, some storms may seem so small, and you can make it right through them. But some are so big and so insurmountable that you look at the storm and go, oh, boy, (laughs) Where do I go from here? You get bad news, a bad phone call, a letter from the doctor. You get, you get, uh, you know, a phone call from a family member. And all of a sudden, when everything was going great, when you were sailing through life seas, fine and dandy, and, and everything was looking good, and all of a sudden, one phone call, one text, one email later, one Facebook post later, and you see devastation on the horizon. A storm arose. Not just any storm, but a great storm. Verse 37 tells us, and there arose a great storm of wind. Out of nowhere, out of the blue, you say, everything was going great. I don't know what happened. You don't think the disciples thought the exact same thing? When Jesus says, let us pass over to the other side and everything's going great, now all of a sudden they're in the storm of a lifetime for them and they think they're going under and they don't know where to turn to. Finally, they go and wake him up. But we have said this before, that exact phrase right there that's on the screen. We can truthfully all say that we have said that before. Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? That's what the disciples were saying. Lord, don't you care that we're about to die? Lord, don't you care? And we, you and I, have said that. Maybe not the exact phrase that they have, Master, carest thou not that we perish. But you may have said that one. Lord, don't you care? We have said it in so many ways, so many times. Lord, don't you care that my child is sick? Lord, don't you care that my marriage is falling apart? Lord, don't you care that my friends have deserted me? Lord, don't you care that I have no money? Lord, don't you care that I feel so alone? Lord, don't you care that I want to give up? Lord, don't you care that my husband has passed on or my wife has passed? Lord, don't you care that I'm about to lose my job? Each one of us can put ourselves in that position, and you have said that before. Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? 
That's the position that the disciples were in. It was all over for them. They had done everything humanly possible, humanly possible with their friends to make it to the other side until they awoke the one who said, let us go to the other side. We have asked this question many, many times, but God's compassion is not measured by our circumstances, nor is his kindness limited to our understanding. You see, God cares just as much as when the tempest is raging, when the storm is rolling in your life, as when the seas are calm and the sun is shining. His mercy is not limited to sunlight, nor is his mercy to the stillness of the waves. Can I say this today? God loves you. Look up in here. Young people, can I say this today that God loves you? Hey, God loves you today. Some of you need to get this, that God just loves you. God loves you today. He awoke. Let's look back at the scriptures. Verse 38, when he, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, look at these next three words, Peace, be still. They awoke the one who could calm the storm. They awoke the one who said, let us pass over to the other side. Hey, if Jesus says, let us go, my friends, go ahead and mark her down. You're going to the other side. There may be times in your lives when you have to call upon him and ask him for help as you're going to the other side. But my friends, you will make it to the other side. He says these three words, peace. Be still. It's encouraging to see that the text, that Jesus doesn't rebuke the disciples, but yet rebukes the storm. He does not rebuke the disciples who are terrified. To them, he simply says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In these words here, there's a lesson that we all need to learn. The disciples were afraid because they were men who are used to being in control. These, these men knew, the, knew this sea. These men knew how to travel across. They knew how to navigate the boat. They knew everything about the boat, how to make it go across to the other side. But when the storm came in and they did everything humanly possible that they could to keep that ship afloat to the point to where it was filling up and almost full, then they had a call on the master. Yes. Carest thou not that we perish? Peace be still. Instantly. We instantly, we see something here. I want you to see this. Verse 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Something I pointed out to the people at the rest home. Look at this. First, glance up at 37. And there arose a what storm? One more time. And there arose a what? Great storm. Then we glance down at verse number 39, and he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You don't think he has everything that you need to make it through? When a great storm comes, he provides great peace. I don't know what storms you're going through today. 
I don't know exactly what you're going through in life. I know the storms that I have brewing. I know the storms that we're going through as a family, but I don't know yours. But understand this, that if he says, let us go to the other side, my friends, you will make it to the other side. Now, there'll be times when you call on him and he has to say, peace, be still. There'll be times when we have to call out, Lord, don't you care that we're going under? Lord, don't you care? I can't take it another moment. I can't live this way. I need you. And he steps on the scene and says, peace, be still. And all is calm then. The great storm was nothing compared to the great peace that we get through Jesus Christ. You see, where there's no storms, there's no faith. Few storms, little faith. Many storms, much faith. I want you to notice this right quick, very quickly here, and we're, and we're almost done. We're almost done. Where was Jesus during the storm? In the hinder part of the ship asleep. Get this now. Psalm tells us in 121 verses 1 through 4, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So the verse is telling us that Jesus never slumbers or sleeps, but yet we see in the scripture here that he was asleep on the pillow. Was that a contradiction? Oh, no, 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 my friends. Not one bit. You see, the moment the disciples called upon him, what happened? He was there, ready to go at a moment's notice. And just like the disciples in the midst of their storm going through the, going through the sea of life and they thought they were going down for the last time, they didn't think they were going to make it across to the other side. You, my friends, may be in that same situation. But understand that Jesus is not asleep. He is not slumbering. No, my friends, he is waiting on you just to call out to him. He was waiting for you just to call out. You said, wait a minute now. Doesn't God know everything? Doesn't God know the situation that I'm going through? Doesn't he see all? And yes, you are right. He sees all and knows all. But sometimes it's good just for it to come out of our mouth so he can hear us hear us cry out unto him. We do the same thing with our kids, don't we? We watch them struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle at something, knowing that we can jump in at a moment's notice and help them out. But we watch our kids struggle and struggle and struggle to the point where they say, I can't do it. Can you help me? That's when we get to jump in and say, let me help you. That's right. Let me show you, son. Let me help you do this. Let me help you do that. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us sometimes to get to the point where we realize that our human efforts will fail us and we cannot do it on our own strength, but yet we need him and only him. You see, there was not just one disciple on that boat. There were many. And they tried and tried and tried to get that water out, but yet they failed at every attempt. You say, it doesn't clearly say that. Well, you know they ain't going to sit idly by and let the water come in when they're trying to do anything. We can read between the lines and know that they were panicking because they, hey, Lord, hey, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They tried everything they could to do it all, but yet they awoke the Master, who was right there with them, by the way, the whole time. And just like you and I, if you're saved this morning, Hey, listen up in here. If you're saved this morning, if you come to that place in your life when you realize you're a lost sinner on your way to hell, but yet you called out to a Savior who saved you from that place, not only did he save you from that place, but yet you have the Holy Ghost that takes up residence right here within inside of you, and you have access, mm, you have access unto the power, but you have to call for it. Mm, it's not freely given. Hey, you have to call for it sometimes to make it through life's stormy seas. 
They had the power right there to go. As soon as that storm arose, when the wind first blew, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus, that wind's picking up. Hey, hey, Jesus, uh, hey, the water's starting to churn a little bit. We, can you come on up? Can you come on up and take a look at the situation? They could have called on him right then and there, and I believe he would have stood up and said, peace be still. He would have calmed it right then and there. But they waited, and they tried everything they could to do it themselves, but to no avail. I fear that today some of you are in here, and you're sailing your own boat, and you're doing everything you can just to make it through. Troublesome times hit. Financial times are hard. Life may be throwing you for a whirlwind, but yet you're still trying to sail your own boat through life's stormy seas. And my friends, can I tell you, you cannot and you will not make it on your own. Amen. Let's go back and look at one verse. Verse 36. And when they had sent the multitude away, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other, what's the next two words? Little ships. Now, I don't know what happened to those other little ships. The Bible doesn't say, but that is the only time that you hear it mentioned. That is the only time that you hear about those other little ships that were mentioned. Now, if the big ship that Jesus and the disciples were almost full of water, can you imagine what those little ships were going through? Thinking, oh, hey, we'll go over this way. We'll, we'll follow the disciples over to the other side. It looks clear for sailing. And they, we don't know this for a fact, brother, but I don't know if they made it. I don't know if they made it to the other side. You see, the only ship that made it to the other side was the one with Jesus on board. You'll get that one. Hey, the only ship that made it to the other side that we can know through Scripture is that the one that Jesus was on board. If you're in here today and you're still sailing your own boat, thinking your good works will make it across to the other side, thinking your good works will take you to heaven, Amen. thinking that all that you can do, thinking that, thinking that I can give enough to the church and, and I can make my way into heaven, thinking I'm a good person, Brother Brandon. I've, I've never killed nobody. I've never stole nothing. Hey, I've, 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 I've never done this. I've never done that. That is great. But understand that all of our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. All the good that we can do is filthy. You say, well, I, I go to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. You got revival, brother. We're here. You see me. You know me. Uh, we grew up in this church. You've been around me now for over nine years, and, and you see, we're doing all these great things. We're in the ministry helping. That's all fine and dandy, but is Jesus on your ship? Amen. You understand? Because if you're not saved, you ain't going to heaven. I mean, let's just be honest. If you're not saved, you're not going to heaven. Amen. The only ship that made it through that storm was the one with Jesus on board. And some of you in here today are still trying to sail your own boat. And your boat's filling up, taking on the water of life, taking on the, the water of debt, taking on the water of anxiety, of fear, of hate, of envy, and your boat is getting full. Are you tired of toiling by yourself this morning? Are you tired of trying to do it by your own strength? Are you tired this morning? If you're tired, Jesus will give you rest. Amen. And he'll give you peace that only he can give. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be able to preach your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the illustration that we see played out within this. And Lord, I, I pray that in this room today, if there's anyone here that is lost and undone, that doesn't know you, Lord, maybe they're still trying to sail their own ship. They're still trying to sail their own boat to the other side. 
God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them see the need of you, knowing that you're the only one who can take us to heaven. Lord, you are the, the way and the truth and the light. You're the only one that can allow us passage safely to the other side. With your head bowed and your eyes closed as our pianist will play for just a moment, I want to ask a question. If you're saved in here, and you know it, you came to a time and place in your life when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you'll raise your hand this morning. If you're saved this morning, if you're saved, you know him. He's the captain of your ship. Thank you. This next question is a very important question. Oh, don't tune me out yet. You see, we read that Jesus and the disciples, they made it to the other side. But there were other little ships that we don't know if they fared that well. I know for a fact that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. If you're lost in here today, if you're lost, you've never put your faith and trust in Him as your personal Savior, I'm not talking about your friend's salvation. I'm talking about your mom and dad's salvation. I'm talking about your own personal self. If you've never put your faith and trust in him, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you, pray with you? Throw that hand up. If you're not saved and you want to be saved, oh, let me pray for you today. Today could be the greatest day of your life. When you turn the helm of your ship over unto him, Allow him to guide you through the rest of the way. Give it all to him. Let's all stand, our head bowed, and eyes closed just for a moment. Just for a moment. You do business with God as he's laid upon your heart to do. Christian, are you struggling today? Are you facing storms that you thought you'd never faced before? Maybe you just need to step out and come down to this altar and call out to the one who can say three words. Peace be still. Allow him to move in your heart today. Young people, are you facing decisions that you thought you'd never faced before? Let's make that move right now. Come unto the master. Allow him to take your pain take your heartache, take everything away from you. Allow him to move. If you're lost today, make your way down. We'll be more than happy to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved, how you can know Jesus as your Savior. And then he can say these words, let us pass over to the other side. Let us go to heaven. You do business with God as he's laid upon your heart to do it.